1: Grace Bible Church in Hayward. It's great to have you along for today's broadcast of Way of Grace with our teacher and pastor, Jesse Gestand. One of the most difficult areas of life for the Christian is in the area of compromise. Seems like it's getting harder by the day to be a Christian and stand up for what you believe in, isn't it? The world does not like that kind of attitude. It's a A real temptation, too, to compromise in order to get along with the world. Grab a Bible and join us for our message from Pastor Jessica Stand in Exodus 32
2: called Show Me Thy Glory. You can't get to Jesus apart from the Holy Ghost. You can't get to the Holy Ghost apart from the Word of God. And you can't get the Word of God until somebody teaches you a right, the Word of the living God. I hear it all the time from all of my charismatic and Pentecostal friends. I talk to God for myself. And I go, that's why you sound so crazy. <laughs> How can I know except some man teach me? And beginning at the same scripture, Philip expounded to the Ethiopian all things concerning Christ. The Ethiopian is struggling with Isaiah 53. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter. And, from, and before his shearers, he opened not his mouth. And Philip says, do you understand what you're reading? He says, how can I unless someone teach me? That's called humility. All of these ad hoc folk that want to be prophets and prophetesses, please leave them alone. To the law and to the testimony. If they don't speak according to this book, it's because there's no light in them. And the light that's in them is not the light of Christ. I'm just helping you because what's getting ready to happen. I'm going to pick this up next week. I want to show you two things. But what's getting ready to happen in the world that I live in is things are getting ready to go from bad to worse. And that's because these things have occurred before. All resets, all revolutions have this kind of dissemination, this kind of unraveling, this kind of massive deconstruction and chaos. And when it's that way, all kind of groups of people rise up with charismaniac visions and revelations. Okay, we've been through this before. And so you're getting ready to see all kinds of stuff. Only it's going to be exponentially much more complex because they will be utilizing artificial intelligence and technology, which is already capable of deceiving the masses of the people. Are you hearing me? The capacity of AI to mimic human beings is almost undetectable now. And when you are old and see now, and a lot of us are old and see now now, and they don't have the capacity for discerning, they don't know how to tell when they are listening to a bot and a human being. They are being hoodwinked. I'm telling you from personal experience, it's it's a plague happening on our society right now. They're being hoodwinked. They can't tell the difference between the real and the true. And we are in trouble because we have not valued the real. We have not valued relationships. And to the degree that we are living far more comfortably through in the metaverse, we are susceptible to the deception and it will be at our own volitional choice. Am I making some sense? Right. You and I need grace from God. And as I stated, the world is changing in one way. And like the people of Israel, they're trapped and here Moses is talking with God. This whole time, only person talking with God is Moses, right? right. Only person talking with God. It seemed like all those people should have just crammed Moses and moved him out the way and went into the tabernacle. They should have been desperate to come to the tabernacle and just surround the tabernacle because the cloud was there. The fire was there. They should have been hungry for God's approval. Now they're waiting on Moses, as they rightly should. They're waiting on Moses. I'm going to come back here next week and show you the glory of Christ. We have to partake of the Lord's table. We have to partake. Look at chapter 34. This is the promise that God made. I, 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 he told Moses, I'm going to put you in a cleft of the rock. You guys remember that. I'll take away my hand and show you my glory. And notice what it says over in verse four. I'm sorry, verse five. And the Lord descended in the cloud, chapter 34, five. And the Lord descended in the cloud and stood with who there? Moses. And proclaim the name of the Lord. And the Lord passed by before him and proclaimed the Lord, the Lord God, merciful, gracious, long-suffering, abundant in goodness and truth. Keeping mercy for thousands and forgiving iniquity and transgression. Do you know what we call that? The attributes of God's mercy. But they don't stop there. Here's justice. And, uh, and notice what it says, and visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and upon the children's children unto the third and fourth generation and in the decalogue of them that hate me. That's called justice, isn't it? These are the two attributes of the true and the living God that we all have to live with. Like God is immutable, unchangeable. Would you agree with that? So he does show Mercy but he shows mercy on the conditions of who we are in Christ. It's never unconditional mercy. He always also executes justice. So here is how it goes, ladies and gentlemen. Mercy is to all who will repent and believe on the Lord Jesus and trust Christ as their mercy seat. All who rebel against God will face God in his justice He will spy them out and destroy them rightly because they're living in their rebellion. Am I making some sense? Now, Moses saw the coming down of the Lord. You guys saw that? This is for those of you who are new. Who is it that came down? Jesus. He's the one always coming down. He's the visible Yahweh. The father's always in heaven. The second person, the visible Yahweh. He comes down like he did in the flesh. And notice what the text says. He stood by Moses. That's point number two. He came down and he stood by Moses. Y'all got that? That means he's got Moses' back. Moses, you're my boy. I'm with you. Isn't that what he kept saying to him? I'm with you. And here Jesus is right up against Moses. Is he not? Is this not the Mount of Transfiguration? When Jesus spake with Moses and Elijah in the Mount, So as Jesus, the pre-incarnate son of God, is with Moses here, Moses in his glory hangs out with Jesus when Jesus takes on a human nature. Y'all get the parallels? It's the law and the prophets and Christ, the chief cornerstone. Now, this is important because God comes to us only in the person of Christ. He stands with us only because Christ is our mediator, our substitute, our intercessor. And Christ stands with us to reveal to us the father, because notice what Christ is about to do. He's about to proclaim the name of the Lord. Is he not? What a great worship service. Just Moses and the preacher, Jesus. And notice what it says. He descended there and proclaimed the name of Yahweh. So he's what? He's preaching. That's our term to preach. Verse six, verse six. Notice what it says. And the Lord did what? He, it, didn't he just tell Moses he was going to do that? This is Jesus passing by Moses, declaring the Father's glory. And Moses is enjoying an illustration of the revelation of the invisible God in the person of Christ. Please listen carefully to me, ladies and gentlemen. God reveals his glory but it's a redemptive glory that he reveals to us because we could never handle his absolute glory. That redemptive glory is told to us in John 1, 18, no man has seen God at any time. Only he who dwells in the bosom of the father, he has revealed him. Is Jesus revealing to Moses the glory of the father? Yes, he is. And Moses is enjoying this worship service, is he? And see if you and I are in a proper place right now, God is revealing his glory to you as well. If we're in a proper place. And for those of us who have heard this over and over again, we should say, Lord, thank you for revealing your glory to me once again. I'm not done. I'm not done. Notice what he says after he reveals both his mercy and his justice. And that's how God acts in the world. God's merciful, but he's also just when he wants to sink a nation, tear a nation up, send it into war because it's rebelled against him over and over and over again, that's what he's going to do. And you and I can't do nothing about it. And it'd be good to just simply say, and it seemed good for you, O Lord, to do whatever is right in your sight. Okay? Notice what he says, the Lord got, verse 7, please. Verse 7, notice what it says. I want to get us to uh, actually verse 8 because we've come through that portion. Verse eight, and Moses made haste and bowed his head toward the earth and did what? He got it. Moses got it. Here's what Moses got. I'm going to show you one more thing, and we're, we're going to take the table and get out of here. God just told Moses, you don't have to worry about me annihilating these people. Some of these people are going to have mercy, and this mercy is going to lead them into the promised land. Some of them are going to see my justice. And that justice is because I'm God. You don't have to ever worry about the fact that I told you when you come out of Egypt, you're going into the promised land. But Moses is going to have to deal with this for 39 years. Because for 39 years, everybody 40 and up that thought they knew their own way is going to perish. That's what the Hebrew writer said. So then who was it that God was not well pleased with? Was it not those who did not believe God? So then we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. The ones that entered in were babies who trusted God and God brought them in through Joshua. Right now, Joshua is hiding in a cleft of the rock too. Moses is in a cleft. Who is that cleft? Jesus. Joshua is in a cleft because that's what God does with godly leadership. He protects them. So they can get a vision of what God is up to in an accurate way to let the people know. Are you keeping up with me? And when all of this is done, which is a magnificent, magnificent conclusio that I want you to see when all of this is done. Something remarkable occurs in chapter 34, verse 20. Look at what it says over in chapter 34. I'm going to start at verse 34, chapter 34, 34, and then I'm ending with 35. I want to pick this up next week and and start another message. Are you there? But when Moses went in before the Lord to speak with him, that's the context you're dealing with in chapter 33, okay? To speak with him, he took, I need to go back because he's got a veil on his face. Over at verse 29, uh, verse 30. And it came to pass when Moses came down from the mount with the two tables of the testimony, In Moses' hand, when he came down from the mount, that Moses did not know that the skin of his face, what? While he talked with God. Do you see that? Now watch this. And when Aaron and all the children of Israel saw Moses, behold, the skin of his face shone. Here we go again. They were afraid to come near to him. How painful is that insight? How painful is that insight? I'm done here. How painful is this? This is the contrast between people who view God as something dangerous. See, Moses is drawing near to God. And when you draw near to God, God's glory is going to impact you. Please understand that. This is not mystical. This is not hard. You spend time with someone, you're going to know them. You spend deep, intimate, what we call interconnected dialogue with somebody, you're going to take on their characteristics. Moses is in the presence of the Shekinah glory, and it shows up in his face. He is so unconscious of it because it's not about Moses as it should not be about you or about me. But how can a mediating person, a believer who fellowships with God, come down from the mount, fellowship with God, and go hang out with people who are supposed to know God? And when they see the glory of God on you, they run from you like they ran from God. Do you see it? Do you see it? You have to. Because every one of God's people have access to God the same way Moses did through Jesus. Am I making some sense? We should all want to be impacted by that glory. And I'm going to make that plain next week to you because that glory is ours in Christ. In the same way that the rulers said concerning Peter and James, we could tell that they have been with Jesus. And when people repel from you because you spend time with Christ and they profess to be believers in Christ, it's because they're not spending time with Christ. This is clear. And this is going to be the enmity and the perpetual struggle that Moses has. So much so, he has to put a veil over his face. This is what Paul said. And to this day, the veil is not removed from the hearts of the Jewish people. Y'all keeping up with me? So they can't see the glory of Christ in Moses. See, God has to remove the veil. And we have to love his glory. And be compelled to want to draw near to him. And how can you repel a believer who spends time with God and say that you love the same God that they love? And Moses is going to struggle with this until he dies. He's going to realize that the people of God that he has to lead to glory have divided hearts. This is often the struggle of the people of God among us too. Do this by application. We got all kind of loved ones that we would want to love God even more than we love God. and We would want them to enter into the joy of his glory. I'm going to unpack this next week. You'll see what I'm saying. This is non-negotiable. Everyone should have the anointing. Would you agree? Because without it, you can't do a thing. And we can't enjoy deep fellowship where there is not that anointing. What we're about to do now argues for my point, doesn't it? We're about to have the Lord's table, aren't we? This here is the price for the anointing, isn't it? Is this the price? Jesus laid down his life. And the Holy Ghost was poured out, wasn't he? I'm going to unpack it next week. Say, I know, we, we think we know these things. We don't know them, do we? Not as we ought to know. So it breaks my heart that, that Moses is doing everything he can to understand God. And he has to come back to a people that don't want to understand God. And that's the generation you and I live in. First Corinthians chapter... 11, we'll have the offering after this. We'll have the offering. I think I want to start here this time. Can I do that? I love God because you know what? He's merciful. And we saw that in the text, that he's merciful first, and then he's just. Now, he's giving us something that constitutes our unity, doesn't is Isn't it? Our unity is grounded in, not in us, but in Jesus. Would you agree? and a small little feeble emblem like bread in the cup means that the infinite, invaluable sacrifice of Christ is accessible to the poorest of people. Isn't that right? All around the world, the saints are doing this. Now, you can hear stupid Christians around the world arguing, what should be in the elements and they do because this is the party spirit that loves to argue every little pet doctrine but our unity is in the person of Jesus would you agree and we barely know him but he knows us perfectly and our salvation is secure not because we know him but because he knows us And the unity in Christ is taken out of our hands so that we don't turn this into a litmus test as to whether or not you and I agree. I'm not your master. Jesus is. And that's why Jesus didn't tell the disciples, y'all kick Judas out because he was at the table, too. Wasn't he? Sure he was. Read your Bible carefully. God knew when to get rid of Judas. And he didn't actually ask for the advice of the other 11 when he did it. That's because you and I need to be careful about judging other folks outside of what is written. And what is written is examine yourself. This is the reason why the enemy has gotten into the church and divided it into 33,000 sects. 33,000 sects in the Christian church. And this is why we're so impotent in the West to stop the evil that's going on. Because we've been arguing over little petty things that don't even matter. And while we've been arguing over these petty things, the enemy has come in and stolen the souls of our children for several generations now. And we think we're bad and we're losing the battle in, in the church. It's happening in Europe too. It's happening in Europe too. Heard a, presentation this morning uh, a, a newspaper clip from a, from a uh, European newspaper talking about one of the Catholic churches over there in, in London, Ely uh, Catholic Church, Ely Cathedral open the doors on for Friday night so the young people can come in there and, and do disco. Yeah, stop <laughs> like y'all don't dance. You know you're dancing. Stop it, stop that. Oh, oh, oh. People... <laughs> People be tripping. Do they trip? Now are be tripping. Now, now, the, now the, the priest said, you look, we got to pay this mortgage, man. We, they, he literally said that. We got to pay this mortgage. So, you know, the church is getting emptier and emptier and emptier. And that is true because they're not preaching the gospel and they're not mapping the gospel onto reality. So when you go into a church that's not mapping the gospel onto reality, you don't know what the world is doing. This is called prophetic teaching. People are hungry to try to figure out what's going on in the world. And then they said, but see, at least it's not loud disco music. They get to wear these headphones, the metaverse. They got this thing where the music is in the ear. So like you got your partner, y'all dancing and getting down and don't nobody hear but you two. They call it a silent disco. I said to myself, go ahead on, Bishop. I said, go ahead. I said, go, I said, go ahead on. You ain't preaching the gospel no way. Just let them use the church. Make some money. But y'all not preaching the gospel no. Go ahead on with your bad self. You see how desperate the church is? And yet outside of their doors, Britain is burning down because people are in the streets. The Marxists are in the street. The neo-fascists are in the street. And they are, um, they are tearing down uh, Britain like they tore down Rome. And they're tearing down America. And and, and American Christians are oblivious to it because we're like frogs in the boiling pot. Even if we know what's going on, we can't jump out because we love our sin. Now God's going to have to purge us. And then some of us will realize we need to spend more time with God than we do at the honky-tonk joint, in the disco joint even if it's metaverse disco. Because what you consume yourself with, you become. Is very simple. Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 24, verse 21, for I have received of the Lord that which also I deliver unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke break it. He, he said, take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you, this do in remembrance of me. It's the symbol of our unity. Take the bread and eat. At least I can. We'll have the offering. I'll send you home. I love this opportunity every time. Because apart from the proposition of the gospel that Christ died for our sins, he was buried and rose again the third day. This is as unified as we get. Because after this, we open our mouths and we lose our unity. Does that make some sense? See how smart God is, how smart he is.
1: Well, you have been listening to Way of Grace with Pastor Jesse Stand from Grace Bible Church here in Hayward. If you have questions or comments about the program, maybe you would like to learn more about us here at Grace Bible Church in Hayward. Reach out to us by simply calling 510 886 9782, or you can visit our website, grace-bible.com. That's grace-bible.com. Sunday services here at the church are 1030 in the morning. Friday evening is our Friday evening Bible study at 630. And man, we've got friends of the ministry from all over the Bay Area who join us for this Friday night Bible study. It is an amazing time of God's word and sweet fellowship in Christ. 6.30 in the evening, Tuesdays, our prayer time and a short Bible study as well. These meetings, again, the directions and information of which you can find at our website, grace-bible.com or by calling 510-886-9782. This program continues to air here on this radio station and on the World Wide Web because you partner with us financially and prayerfully. Thank you for your support. No gift is too small. No gift is too large. And you can either give on a monthly basis or it's a one-time gift. It is all tax deductible. And again, the biggest part of your partnership with us is that we get to continue ministering the gospel of grace here in the bay area and all over the world. Consider that as you contact us and join us again next time for another broadcast of Way of Grace with Pastor Jessica Stan. they might say we love Jesus